Welcome to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. We're really glad you're here. Whoever you are, wherever you're at, join us on the journey. As Andrea said, we've been working through this series, and before each sermon, I invite you to a question. And so I invite you to this question to someone near you. You can just introduce yourself. Um, I'm not going to ask that. Uh, oh, yes, I am going to ask that. Yeah, my basic question is, why do you come to church? So if you would just talk to people around you just for one minute, why do you come to church? Is it the coffee? Is it the kids? Is it the music program? What, why do you come to church? Why do you come to church? Where you go. Okay. I'll invite you back. Okay. Anybody want cake? Sermon before cake. Sorry. Good, thanks for sharing a bit of that. Love to hear why. Uh, let us pray. Here we are. Oh my gosh. My heart, our heart beats with joy as we gaze around this room. We see people we know and have known, people we don't know and can't wait to meet. Some of us are anxious, some of us are calm. We give thanks for these uncomfortable pews and the gift of this place to come from the world and in the world. May we hear the right word for the living of our journey this day. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God. Amen. This past week, I think it was on Tuesday, Anne and Andrea and I uh, drove over, because it was raining, drove over to Living Spirit Congregation, or the former Living Spirit Congregation, a building uh, just on 50th Avenue, to meet with the community there to talk about uh, what's next with that church. If you'll remember, uh, about three years ago, we had a plan uh, just pre-COVID to come to that space and think about opening a second campus. And then COVID came along and whoosh, everything fell to the side. But during that time, the members, and I don't know if you are a former member of Living Spirit, just raise your hand. We'd love to see some of the folks who uh, came over from Living Spirit United Church to join us. And so all of our plans were put aside. So we met at that church thinking this was a good spot to meet. And as we got there, we were told that during that past week, someone had attacked the church and thrown a rock through the window and put some words that were scribbled, the church is full of peds, and then a slide, which I want to show you on the front. United Church, organized religion is the world's greatest scam. Organized religion is the world's greatest scam. 
Obviously, don't, they don't know us because we're completely disorganized. <laughs> and I have to admit, my first reaction was anger. I was kind of like, oh, this drives me crazy. Why would they do that? And then I remembered Richard Rohr. You're welcome to take that down if you would who invites us to recognize that often when something happens, we react and we judge and we usually say something we wish we didn't. And he invites us to step to second gaze, G-A-Z-E, gaze, to step back and get perspective with curiosity and wonder, to wonder about what has taken place. And so when I was trying to get that bigger perspective, I thought to myself, who does this and why? would they do this? What kind of life experience would lead someone to write either of those phrases or to hurl a rock through a church window or a temple window? And then I remembered the phrase, hurt people hurt people. And I wondered, did they know the church? Did they know a temple? Were they hurt by the church? Were they kicked out of a church? Was it the minister? Who were they? Who wrote this and why? And I wondered, as I had my second gaze throughout the week, was it bored rich kids? Was it perhaps uh, an indigenous family who experienced the hands of corruption and abuse by the church? Was it someone who saw something in the news and they thought this was a way to get the church's attention? And I know these days that religion has an incredibly bad rap and most media attention to the church is judgmental and angry and pious and just not much fun. And it might mean that throwing a rock or scribbling with paint is the answer. And I also remembered Woody Allen who said, if Jesus saw what was said and done in his name, he'd never stop throwing up. But as I thought about that conversation, I thought to myself, I would love to sit down with the persons or persons who did this. And so I'm gonna call them Sam. And I happened to find Sam and say, Sam, would you like to sit down with me? And reluctantly, Sam said, sure. And then I'd say to Sam, Sam, I'm just curious, what made you write this? And then I'd say, what's your experience of religion. Then I might ask, what were you trying to say with your art? And then I would ask themselves, what was really going on when you said this? Because don't get me wrong, I know a lot of religion is scandalous, but why would you say organized religion is a scam? I would listen or try to and intently, and if he hadn't run off to spray paint my bike, I would say, Sam, I want to introduce you to some people I know and a church I know. I would want to show you, Sam, what good organized religion looks like, in my opinion. And Sam, I invite you to sit right here as I tell you that when we gather as a church at Hillhurst United Church, we usually say that we're an affirming church, that for 15 years, Sam, we have been an affirming church that says, whoever you are, wherever you're at, regardless of age or stage or sexual orientation, this is a place you belong. And we know many people have been othered and shoved aside and told that they are useless or worse. 
But this is a place, Sam, an affirming church that says you belong and you're loved in the image of God. I might even, if we had time, tell them that I remember the day 17 years ago when I walked by the church and did the same kind of graffiti and slammed an affirming flag on the front door and kept walking because I was worried about what might happen. But I would just tell them that this Hillhurst Church is affirming and we try to live into that to the best of our abilities. And then I would say, we always acknowledge the land, the land that we're on, Sam. I would say, Sam, this land isn't mine or yours. This is God's land and we're stewarded by the indigenous people before us. And we would try to name the people who walk this land. And then we would say, we're trying, we're seeking, we're learning to listen and to be in right relationship. And we know it's hard work and we often get it wrong, but Sam, we are trying, I would say. And if he hadn't run away just yet, then I'd say, you know, Sam, most places have to organize themselves around a way of being. And this church decided that one of the things we want to be is hospitable. And so I remember a day pre-COVID. Do you remember pre-COVID, Sam? Pre-COVID, we would have lunch after church. It was like watching the kingdom of God, 125 people eating together, people who don't know each other, people from all walks of life in one room. Often it's like the perfect image of us in our diversity and our unity. And we believe that coffee, Sam, is a sacrament. <laughs> we have to have it. And we try to make it hot, not lukewarm. I would say hospitality, when we eat and drink together and share our stories, Sam, that's how we know each other and why we're hurt or why we might hurt someone. And hospitality is important. And so I would say, Sam, Sam, while you're here, wake up, Sam. I want to say, Sam, when was somebody hospitable to you, Sam? And I hope I would listen as he remembered what that was like. And then I'd say the second thing we try to do at our church is spirituality. And just as you're about to put up your hand, just put it down. I didn't say religious. I said, some people are religious, but all of us are spiritual. All of us, Sam, have a soul. All of us are soul. That might be a bit complex, but I'm just saying we're all soul. How do we nurture the soul life of each other? And so throughout the week, online and in person, there are so many ways to move your body and your heart and your mind in a contemplative way, Sam, that helps you know and connect to the soul that you are. And so I say to you, Sam, Sam, do you know at the core of your being you're loved, you're forgiven, and you're set free? Because that's the bottom line for us. We want to believe that and then live that in all the spiritual things we do. And then I try to sit back and listen as he talked about the times that he felt spiritually connected. And then I'd say, well, we don't just sit around all the time, Sam. We, we're about social justice. We try to take what we say and sing into the world. We try to fly our flags and write our letters and protest at marches and be at City Hall to say that transformation matters. I would say, if you still got time, Sam, do you know that we have sponsored five families at least from 15 different countries? Do you know that? Do you know that, yes, we try hard to speak out about climate justice? Yes, we tie ribbons in orange in solidarity with our indigenous people. Yes, we speak to speak out about what's important to us. We try, we try so hard to transform the world 
by living justice. And then I'd say to Sam, Sam, what do you think? What do you think needs transformation in the world? What's one thing you'd like to change about this world? I'd hope I'd listen. And then I'd say, okay, I'm at the last one here, Sam. The last value that we have is risk. Risk is so important. And I gotta say, I don't, not sure it was really that risky for you to scribble on our church the way you did, but it sure is risky to have this conversation with me about what's important. And then I would tell him about how our church has taken risk all the time, stepping forward to move ever forward in a way that it seems faithful. And then I'd say, Sam, what's a risk that you've taken in your life that mattered? And if he was still awake, I'd say, look, I get it. There's lots of organized religion that's garbage, and it can be mean and hateful, but that's not the religion that I choose to or the people in our church choose to be a part of. I'd say we seek to be real and vulnerable and truthful. Sam, you know, during the pandemic, it was hell for everybody. Individually, families, churches, temples, businesses, synagogues, organizations of every kind had to stop and pause. And when we came out of that liminal space, we had to say, where are we going forward? Sam, you know, I think God's up to something. I think we're living in an incredible time of opportunity. It's like, you know, that the apocalypse wasn't the end of the world, no matter what you read or wrote in a wall. It's not about that. Apocalypse is about what's hidden and suddenly being revealed. And I think, Sam, things are being revealed that need to be changed and transformed. Institutions and organizations like churches and temples and businesses and all kinds of places, but also our own hearts need to be transformed. And you know, Sam, Sam, over 200 people have signed up to come to a church meeting in June. And we're saying it's, it's time. It's time for us, after reflection, to together say this is where we hope we can go together to be relevant and passionate and real as a church. I believe our church has the staff and the volunteers and everyone who seeks to call this home an opportunity to serve and be called into action. Sam, I see you're sleeping now, Sam. I know I'm sounding religious here, but let me get theological just for one moment. One last thing. Sam, you know, I welcome you to our meeting when we talk about the future. We'd want to hear from you. And you know what? There's a phrase that's so important to me, Sam. It's this phrase. God perfects us from nothing and is present in everything. God protects us from nothing and is present in everything. God didn't protect us from your graffiti, but I want to believe God is present in it. Sam, it is a scam. Lots of things are a scam. And the people or places that told you you're not enough or you don't matter, that's a scam. You know, the person that we follow is a person named Jesus who never intended a church. Never intended a church. But the way he talked about love and compassion and forgiveness and kindness meant people were drawn together to break bread and share stories and seek to transform the world. 
But the funny thing about this, Sam, is they crucified Jesus because they thought he was a scam. But the truth is God's love resurrects and invites us to something new. And we have no idea sometimes what that will lead to. I see that I'm losing you here, Sam. But I need you to know this. God is as real as your breath, as close as your heart, and God has been present to you whether you knew it or not. And I tell you this not to get you to church. I tell you this because you are a beloved child of God. And so my hope is, Sam, that you'll take your artwork and you'll maybe the next time you'll see on this screen, you'll create something that looks like this. Or maybe you'll even catch on to this. And I will smile and perhaps cry at your knowing. Because when we know at our core that we are love and God is love and our hearts beat at one, we lay down our weapons, whatever they are, and we embrace one another to step ever for more closely to the future. So Sam, your graffiti did a good job. It reminded me of that. Thanks for the chat, Sam. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are thinking about someone who might enjoy it too, we invite you to send it their way and help the podcast grow. We're really glad you're here and we'd love to know what you thought about today's sermon. Leave us a review in iTunes or send us an email at communications at hillhurstunited.com. We'd love to hear from you.